Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Get into the Word in just a second, but I've got a, a cool testimony. Um, I want to brag on God a little bit, and it'll kind of tie into this Sunday. This Sunday's baptism, amen, water baptism. I know we're, amen, it's exciting. I know we're baptizing at least 10 people. I don't know what the latest number is. Could be more. Um, but if you haven't decided to get baptized yet, let me just tell you real quick how that works. Obviously, if you've never been baptized in your life and you've given your life to the Lord recently, you need to get baptized. A couple of other ways or reasons you would get baptized is if you have, had been saved at some point in your life, maybe you were younger, maybe it was several years ago, gave your life to the Lord, got baptized, and then you backslid, and you went back out into the world. You went back into your old ways, and you've come back into the church and rededicated your life to the Lord. That's a reason to get baptized, because it's a symbol of your repentance. And then the other one is if you got baptized as a child. If you were a baby or, or a young uh, boy or girl when you got baptized, and you didn't even remember it, then you should get baptized, because baptism is something you do at a certain age when you understand what baptism means. Okay, so that's totally biblical to baptize when we know. Even when we have people ask us, my kid wants to get baptized, he's 10, he's 11, he's 12, I, I leave that to the parents, but most of the time I say wait until they're sure and they know what it means so that you don't get five, 10 years down the road and go, I don't remember that. So if you haven't, if you haven't gotten baptized for any of those reasons, please see Claudia, see me, see somebody after service and we'll get you on that list and we'll do it this Sunday. But I brought that up to remind us of that, and then also a quick testimony. So our, 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 uh, our vision is reach, teach, and send. Everybody knows that. We've got churches, different churches around the Metroplex that we've planted. Tonight, something's really cool. Ten years ago, I'm going to have them put, the, put some pictures up. Ten years ago, it's not the greatest picture, okay? I don't know if you all recognize anybody there. But that's Pastor, can you slow it down at all? It's going really fast. Leave it on that one for a second. That's Pastor Brian. Okay, just freeze it if you can. I know you're working on it, Joely. That's nobody right there. <laughs> Amen. Okay, if you can hold that one. The guy with the Nike shirt is Pastor Jose from Costa Rica. And that's me in the blue, and we both look a lot younger. A little skinnier. And uh, over there on the left is Andy from the church here when he was younger. And then the next picture is, if we can get over to the other one, Pastor Brian. One more. One more. That's him coming out of the water. This is at our old building. There's Pastor Brian. So, so Pastor Brian this was, and uh, Pastor Jose got baptized the same day. February 16th, 2014, exactly 10 years ago, almost to the day, uh, in our old building. And tonight, Pastor Jose is preaching for Pastor Brian in Garland 10 years later. Isn't that powerful? That's, that's what staying the course does, loyalty does, staying involved does, what... Uh, um, being disciple does, and all those different things, you can take them down. So that's, that's exciting, amen? Just to see what the Lord can do. Some of you might be sitting here, and in 10 years, you might be 
pe- preaching the gospel somewhere. It might be in a different city and, and uh, serving God. So I just wanted to share that's really cool that, that, the, that time, time brings that forth. Amen? So I want to give you the title tonight. It's part of the cross. It's part of the cross. What I mean by that is I'm going to get into it and tell you for a second. How many know we come in a lot of times, especially on a Wednesday night, we're going through things. How many are going through something tonight? You're going through a trial. You're going through a struggle. You're going through a physical battle. You're going through a mind battle. You're going through a financial battle. You're going through a, there's all kinds of things, despair and trials and tribulations and uh, uh, problems that we have and just things we're constantly facing. And sometimes even when we get up to do opening prayer, we start to talk about that and we start to say, you know, so many of you came in tonight and you have a, you, you're, you got a, how many got a need? And we pray for the needs. And, and, and so the, the, the captain obvious is everybody's got problems, right? How many know that's just a fact? But I, I want us to understand tonight that those problems shouldn't be a surprise, We shouldn't come in to services and think because we're going through something that something's wrong. It's not wrong. It's just part of being a Christian. It's part of being a believer. It's part of being a child of God. It's part of being a disciple. And Jesus, how many know Jesus? How many love Jesus? Let me ask that again tonight. Am I in the right place? We're here for him, right? The one who died on the cross for our sins. Shed his blood, came out of the grave, went into heaven, did all that for us. That's why we're here. So he came and he said, listen, I'm dying for you. I'm going to give my life for you. I'm laying it all down. It's finished. But all his ministry before he went to that cross, he kept telling people, listen, the road that I'm going on is narrow. He, he was very, how many know he was very upfront? He never pulled any punches. He never, he never kind of put something out and dangled the carrot and said, you know, this is going to be really awesome, and, and then later pull the carrot away. He told people, he said in Matthew, I don't have the verse tonight, but Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, he says, narrow is the way to, to, to life and, and straight. And then he says, wide is the road to, and then it says on that narrow, and few find it. Did y'all hear that? Few find it. I would add to that few stay on it. It's not just enough to find Jesus. Now you've got to realize, now that I have Jesus, I've got a, I've got a cross I've got to carry. And I've got, I'm going to go through things in life. And, and, and I always try to tell this to you and remind you of this. You're going to go through things in life with or without Jesus. Has anybody figured that out, that before you got saved, you had problems too? The difference is now you have Jesus. Now you have something to look forward to. Now you know that this is temporary, right? And so he says, narrow is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to light. Few there find it. And broad and wide is the, is the road to destruction. And it says many find it. And so he was very clear on what he expected from us. And tonight I just want you to understand that when you're going through these struggles and these trials and these problems, it's normal. Tell the person next to you, it's normal. It's part of life. It's part of being a Christian. That should help you tonight. It's not God picking on you. It's not that you're better or worse than somebody else. It's not that you're Satan's favorite target. It's not, it's not any of that. It's part of being, first of all, a human being. And then you add to that being someone who puts a, a, a target on their back because you believe in Jesus. Okay? 
So I want you to write two words down tonight, or two thoughts, to go through this message. And I'm going to say it several times that I just think are key words about this. It's part of the cross and, and what Jesus is looking for and what will help you become victorious in the midst of all these trials and tribulations and problems that we're going to always have is God wants total surrender and total dependence. How many believe that? Jesus wants us to totally surrender and he wants us to be totally dependent on him. If we'll totally surrender and be totally dependent on him, we'll take the problems, the trials, the tribulations, the situations as they come, and we'll realize this is part of life. I signed up for this. Amen? Let's look at some verses. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me. So this is, this is you and I saying we believe in Jesus. We accept what he's done. Let him deny himself. And do what? Take up his cross. Okay? That's why this is called, it's part of the cross. Our trials, our tribulations, our sicknesses, our marital problems. Our, now, this, no, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we are the problem. Okay? I'm talking about... Uh, un, un, uncaused problems. Sometimes we're the reason we have a marital problem. We're the reason this or that. I'm talking about things that happen when you haven't done anything. It's just life, okay? So don't get that twisted. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So he's saying there's something to this following me that's more than just words. Right? We can all say, I follow Jesus, I love Jesus, but it's, that's words. So he says, I need you to take up your cross and deny yourself. For whoever desires to save his life, in other words, whoever tries to get away from the trials and the tribulations and all that will, will lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake will, and the Gospels will save it. For what, and I want to focus here just for a second on these next two verses and give you a thought. For what will it profit a man, how many have heard this verse, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? How many know we have a lot of people in this world who are working, and maybe they're in the church, hopefully they're not, working and, and building and, and saving and doing all these things to try to have a nice house and have nice things and be blessed, and they think nothing about their soul. Not a second about eternity. Uh, someone was just telling me at our small group last night about someone they knew who had, had, had worked hard all their life and was retiring and had bought a boat and had a, uh, uh, sorry, an RV, and they were going to get that RV, get in that RV the next day. He was about to retire the next day. They were going to get in that RV, and they were going to travel around the United States and enjoy all the labor that he had done for his entire life so he could retire and be happy. And guess what? That night he died of a heart attack and never retired. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And tonight, church, so many people in the world are doing that. They're seeking after things that are not going to last and realizing it's, it's temporary. Okay, But I'm saying this for a reason. Then he goes on to say, or what, and don't change it yet, please, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And what I've got written in my notes here is how many, so I just gave you one side, how many people tonight are suffering with horrible things, everything you're suffering with, and, and more, sickness, disease, financial problems, marital problems, health, all these things, and then they're going to die and go to a sinner's hell. Are you all with me? What's the difference? Big difference. 
We're going to suffer these things. We're going to go through these things because it's part of life. It's part of the cross. But then we have an expectation that when we die, we're going to go into the presence of a living God who's going to say, enter in good and faithful servant to the things that I've prepared for you. And we have something to look forward to. So this stuff is part of the cross. We can't want the heaven without the cross. But we do a lot of times, don't we? We want the blessings, we want the good, but we don't want to take up the cross. And that's what Jesus wants to show us tonight. Here's another, uh, we'll finish this part here, verse 38. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed. How many times have you heard me say that at an altar call? If you're ashamed of Jesus today, he'll be ashamed of you before his Father and when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. And that's the part where he's saying, listen, there's a cross to bear. I need you to pick it up. So total surrender, total dependence on Jesus. Just for a moment before we keep reading, start to ask yourself, am I totally dependent tonight on Jesus? Am I totally surrendered to Jesus? Maybe I'm not totally surrendered, but I'm on that path. I'm trying my best to surrender everything I have to the Lord. Maybe you're not totally dependent, but you're saying, Lord, I'm working on this. I really want to be totally dependent on Jesus. I don't want to depend on my strengths, my powers, my abilities. I, sur I surrender to you. Here's another verse, John 15. Let's look at a few verses here. Words of Jesus. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. What he said, if, if you're going to believe in me, people are going to hate you for my name's sake. Some of you are new in the Lord, and we want you to understand, you can walk around this world and you can talk about God all day long. You can say God and God and God this, and I love God, and we believe in God, and God loves the world, and all of us, uh, God, 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 and no, no problem, no worries. Everybody will get along. But as soon as you say, Jesus... That's when all hell breaks loose. When you make Jesus what Jesus is, which is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can get into heaven except through him, then all of a sudden you got a target on your back. Are you following me? But if you just say God, no big deal. No one's got a target on your back because you're with everybody else that believes in the higher power. But when you say Jesus, this is what he's saying. He says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me. Now the question is, does the world hate you for Jesus? That's the question. Does the world know that you love Jesus? That's the question. We should all be able to answer that question. Hopefully the world knows, I love Jesus. I'm guilty. Amen? You should be guilty on your Facebook. You should be guilty on your Instagram. You should be guilty in your walk with God. I love Jesus. I'm a Jesus lover. I'm one of them. I'm, I'm part of the way, and you're going to be hated for it. If you don't have some enemies, if you don't have people hating the Jesus in you, then Jesus is probably not loud enough in your life. Amen? So next verse says, it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Are you listening to this? This is powerful. Jesus said, I chose you to come out of this world because the, therefore the world 
hates you. Okay? Why do we have trials? Why do we have tribulations? Why do we have things we go through? Because we're lovers of Jesus. And Jesus has called us out of this world. Next verse. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. This is discipleship. But all these things they will do to you, watch, for what? For what? For my name's sake. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Get used to saying Jesus. Amen? When you pray in the name of Jesus. Okay? We, we, don't, we don't finish the prayer in your name. I don't like that. I'm not trying to judge your prayer, but Jesus is his name. So, and people need to know his name. We say in your name, we know who he is, but the person listening needs to know in Jesus' name. How many know that sets people apart? It's not just God, it's in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says that, and that's a whole other message, the name of Jesus is the name given above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. It does not say at the name of God. It says at the name of Jesus. There's a difference. But all these things they'll do for you for my name's sake. Who's speaking? Jesus. Because they do not know him, that's God the Father, who sent me, Jesus. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. Amen? These are powerful words. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did. How many know Jesus did things nobody else has ever done? Amen? He, before he gave us the power to do it, he cast out demons. He raised the dead. He healed paralytics. He opened blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He changed people's lives. He took that man at the Gadarenes that was full of a, of a legion of 2,000 demons and sent them into the pigs. He did amazing things. If I hadn't done those things, they would have no sin, but now they've seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written about in their law, they hated me, Without a cause. Isn't that interesting that people would hate Jesus when all he did was come and die? Does anybody else get blown away by that? He's the only one. I've never heard of someone hating a deity so, so much. They hate Jesus. All he did was give his life. So tonight, what I'm trying to get you to understand is, again, the trials you're going through, the sicknesses you get, the lack you have in your life sometimes, the, the, the things you're going through should not be a surprise. It's part of life. Are you all with me? You guys are as dead as the 9 o'clock service on Sunday morning. Don't, that's not a good compliment either, let me tell you. I know it's Wednesday night. This is good. Amen? How many are alive tonight? How many got Jesus in you? Amen? Is resurrection power. Amen? Are you thinking or are you just thinking about something else? Amen? He's here. He loves us. He wants us to understand we, he knows what we're going through. It's part of the cross. Write it down again. Total surrender. Total dependence 
on Jesus. I want you to write this quote down if you're taking notes. I'll say it so. Trials and tribulations will squeeze the artificiality out of you. Trials and tribulations will squeeze the fakeness out of you. Okay, so how you handle trials and tribulations, because we all have them, will show, and the next part of this quote is, and reveal who you really are and what you really believe. Okay? Because again, flash, everybody has trials. Everybody has problems. I need to preach again the message that I preached years ago. I'll try to find it that my dad and I have talked about a lot of times. I know he already knows what I'm talking about. And some of you might remember it called First World Problems. Does anybody remember that message? First World Problems. We in the United States have a lot of first world problems. If, I mean, in other words, there are people around the world, at least half the population of the world, that would love to have our problems. Love it. But just... Can I get that problem? In other words, oh, my, my, I got this house, and, and I'm having a hard time paying it, and I'm struggling to pay the mortgage, and, and, I, and I've been there for 20 years, and, and I've only got 10 left, and you know how many people would love to have the problem of having a mortgage? Right? Or my car's, you know, not running like it should. You know how many people around the world would love to have a car to have problems? Are y'all following me? I don't have to spend a lot of time on that, right? That's what I'm trying to say. That's what first world problems are. It, it, we have so many things that we're spoiled. And, and, we, and thankfully, somebody just say thankful with me. Thankfully, we don't go through yet what the world goes through. We're blessed. Thank the Lord. We live where we live. What, what, what do Christians around the world that really have problems do? You know what they do? They realize it's part of the cross. They're just not as spoiled as us as Americans. They're not, they don't have those first world problems. They, they realize Jesus is everything. Anybody, how many have ever had car problems in here? Let me see your hands. Raise your hands if you've ever had car Wow, what a, amazing. I thought it was just me. How many have ever been in a wreck? Lost your car. Wow, I thought it was just me. Anybody ever gotten sick? Wow. Anybody ever had your bank account in the negative? Wow. Anybody ever had a marital problem? Wow. Anybody ever been discouraged? Wow. Isn't this amazing? We just take the next 20 minutes and list it. We've, we, we all have them. It's part of the cross. It's part of life. It's part of, of, of death. How many know we're dying tonight? Every day we're getting closer to death. But guess what? We have life on the other side. Amen. We have a victor crown tonight. Amen. So, so what, what are the trials and tribulations doing? They're squeezing out my artificiality, if I have any. If you say, I don't have any, then praise God. But what trials and tribulations are going to do is they're going to show who you really are and who you really believe in. Amen? How many want those trials and tribulations that you're going to have anyways to show that you love Jesus? 
that you're surrendered to Jesus, that you have total dependence on Jesus tonight. That's what he's trying to say. Can somebody say amen? Can someone give the Lord a praise? Amen? He's worthy. James 1, 2. Many of you know this verse. My brethren, that's us. That's believers in Jesus. Count it all. See, 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 the Bible is now going to take it to another level. Now, we can't ju- it's not enough that we understand it's part of the cross. Now, he says, you got to be happy about it. Come on. Y'all reading the book with me? And I'm going to finish with Jesus' words, okay? So, my brethren, count it all joy. I've preached a whole message on this before where basically it's an opportunity. A trial and a tribulation is an opportunity to be joyful. Because if you have your problem, which I could go, the accident, the, the bank account, the, all the things we listed, and so does everybody else at your workplace, but you're happy and joyful, they're going to say something's different about They got the same problem I do, but they're happy. Why are they happy? And then they're going to want Jesus. But if they look at us and they say they have got the same problem and they say we have Jesus, but we're not happy, then they're going to say, I don't need Jesus. Right? That's the key. That's the key is we've got to live our lives in a way, find a way to have joy when you fall into various trials. How many remember that joy is not an emotion? Joy is a choice. Happiness is an emotion. Happiness is a, is a feeling that comes from the things you have or don't have. But joy is a circumstantial thing that Jesus is bigger than all my problems. And I can have joy because the Bible says weeping or problems or trials or tribulations may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. He didn't say next month or next year. It says it comes in the morning. And that has a lot to do with our attitude. Now, I'm going to read a little bit of Psalms 34 and give you homework that you should read Psalms 34 very often. Very, very often. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful chapter in Psalms. And I'm going to start it off with this, and it's going along the line. It's part of the cross. Verse 1, I will bless the Lord sometimes. I will bless the Lord when my car's not wrecked. I will bless the Lord when my marriage is good. I will bless the Lord when I feel good. I will bless the Lord when everything's good. No, I will bless the Lord at his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Can't be that up and down, up and down. If you're new to the Lord, that's okay. God give you some some leeway while you figure it out. You're going to go up and down. But after you've been saved for a while, it needs to look like this. You're going to go up and down, but you're, you're blessing the Lord's not. Your, your circumstances are going to go up and down, but you're blessing the Lord's not. Your feelings and your sickness and your body and life's going to go up and down, but your praise is not going to change. It's going to continually be in my mouth. And you can actually take it as a challenge and praise him even more when you're in the challenge. And bless him even more when you're in the challenge. Or like Ray said, give more when there's a challenge. 
God, I'm, I'm totally dependent on you. I'm totally surrendered to you. So this money's not mine anyways. I don't got nothing to lose and a lot to gain. Here's more. Trust, dependence. Verse 4. Actually, I'm going to keep reading. Verse 2. My soul shall boast in the Lord. How many want to boast in God? Brag on God. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from some of my fears. All. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces were, God will never let us be ashamed. This poor man, verse 6, cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of some of his troubles. How many know that it's part of the cross? It's all part of the cross. God's already got it worked out. I feel like I need to do a spoiler alert, okay? I'm going to go read you my last verse for right now. Okay, just keep that up there. And I'm just going to read you my last verse, and I'll read it again at the end. Jesus said, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I just feel like I needed to give you a little spoil alert there. He already won. It's already done. It's already finished. It's already walked out. You just got to stay walking. Stay believing. Stay trusting. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I don't see it, but I believe it. Amen? I sought the Lord, and he heard me deliver from all my fears. They looked and were radiant. They were not ashamed. The poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who, or some of those who fear him, all those who fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste. I just wondered tonight if any of y'all have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Does anybody, you raise your hand for the wreck, you raise your hand for the marital problems, you raise your hand for the sickness. Can anybody raise their hand and say, I have tasted of the Lord and seen that he is good. Amen? Why don't we brag on the Lord instead of complaining about the situation? Just a quick question to how many, by the raise of your hands, have ever seen your situation change by complaining? Not a hand. Ain't that interesting? None of us, not one person, has seen a change by complaining. You see, we might say, I felt better about it by complaining, but it didn't change it, right? Taste and see that he's good. Blessed is the man. How many want to be blessed? Blessed is the man who trusts in him. When? When everything's good. You don't need to trust God when everything's good. You don't got to trust God when there's money in the bank. You don't got to trust God when everything's good, no marital problems, no financial problems, no physical problems. You got to trust him when it's difficult. Amen? That's, what God, that's where God gets glory. Because the, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is allowing these things to happen to get us to understand how much we need him and how much he suffered on the cross. It's all part of the cross. Now skip to 15, please. I had all the verses there, but I want to finish with a few verses. 
The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears open to their cry. You believe that? The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them. Let me remind you again tonight, if you're seeing somebody do something wicked, and and, and you probably see it all the time, don't worry. Right will come out right. Wrong will come out wrong. Everything will be judged. Everything will come to light. Amen? Let God be God. Don't try to be God. Let God be God. He'll cut them off, the remembrance from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears. And again, here we go again. I don't know if this is the 15th or 16th time he said this, and delivers them out of some of their troubles. How many times have we seen that in the last 15, 20 minutes, that that he's going to deliver us? So why do we come in every service complaining about our problems? Why do we come in wondering, is is God there? Where's God? And I'm so down, and I'm having a bad week, and this and that and the other. When over and over and over, Jesus said, you'll have them. You're going to have them, but I'll deliver them from you. You're going to have them, but I'll be there for you. Over and over and over, never said we wouldn't have any problems. it's It's a narrow road. Very few find it. The ones on the other road, lots find it. It's broad. It leads to destruction. So over and over, and he's telling us, I'll deliver you out of all of your troubles. Amen. 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. When you are down, when you are defeated, when you are being attacked, you're in a place where God hears your voice. Okay? And saves such as have a contrite spirit. Now, this might be the... Best verse of the whole night. Verse 19. Many, somebody say many. Many. Not a few. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Of the righteous. That's you and me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So I'm doing something good and something bad's happening. What's wrong with that? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him. I'm not trying to be a Nessio tonight. I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, you know, get on your nerves. But he delivers them out of some of them problems or all of them. Right? All, right? Does he deliver us out of them all? Tonight, you, how many problems have you had in your past that he's already delivered you from? They're all fixed. And if they're not fixed yet, there's a testimony building. He's working right now in your situation. So you can stand up one day and testify. I went through that. Listen to Ray's testimony. There's many like that. Things where you look back and you say, that was a big, big, big challenge. But God came through. And maybe tonight you've got some things you're going through that he hasn't come through. And he will. He's going to. Or, or other words, he's a liar. Can God lie? Can God fail? No. So if you got a problem tonight, you're in a good place. That means there's a miracle right around the corner. There's a solution right around the corner. There's an answer right around the corner. Get happy. Get joy. Get faith. Be dependent. Be surrendered. Be in the position to say, to not be surprised, but to say, I knew God was going to come through. 
I knew God was going to come through. You know what's better than saying at the end, I knew God was going to come through? Saying, I know God's going to come through while you're going through it. That's better. Say it at the end too, but when you can say in the middle, I know God's got this. I don't see it, don't make sense, I don't feel it, but God's got this. That pleases God. Amen. You can take those down. One last quote as the musicians begin to come, please. Trials are intended, if you're taking notes. Watch this. Trials are intended to make us think. You've got to think about them. When you're going through something, you say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me right now? What would happen if when we're going through something, we would stop and say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me right now? And, and maybe sometimes he'll say, I'm not trying to teach you anything. This, this is something you did. <laughs> you messed, this is your fault. You learn. But sometimes you say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me right now? So, so trials are intended to make us think, to make us less dependent on the world, because we depend too much on government and people and the world and, and what the world can do and instead of God, right? That's not total dependence. And to, listen to this. To send us to the Bible. Trials are meant to send us to the Bible. God lets us go through, through things, so we go to the Bible. We search out the Scriptures. Ask yourself, when was the last time that you were in a trial and you found your answers in the book? And you read a verse. And maybe it was that one. My God will deliver me out of all my afflictions. My God will, will, will hear my cry. You go find that verse and you, and you speak that word to God. God loves it when you speak his word. Trials are intended not to drive us from the Bible, but to drive us to the Bible. And lastly, trials are intended to drive us to our knees. Where we depend on Jesus. Amen? I'm going to read that one more time. Trials are intended to make us think. When you're in a valley, no one wants to live in the valley. How many know it's better on the mountaintop? Let's be honest. It's better on the mountaintop. Mountaintop's awesome. In victory, in abundance, in blessing. But you're not going to live on the mountaintop. But you don't have to live in the valley either. When you get in the valley, I've learned over the years, when I'm in a valley, Lord, what do you want to teach me? What are you trying to tell me? I'm listening. How can I get out of this? And if we'll do that and we'll say, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? We can get out fast. Amen? How many would rather stay in the valley a short time than a long time? Or the wilderness a short time than a long time? Go back and read the Old Testament. Don't be like those hard-headed Israelites who kept on complaining and wilderness and wilderness and wilderness and wilderness. We're going to have some wildernesses, but we don't have to stay in the wilderness. You're going to be in some valleys, but you don't have to stay in the valley. Amen? You're going to be drinking from a brook, but you don't have to stay drinking from the brook. You're going to have some times where the ravens are feeding you, but you don't have to stay that way. God's got abundance for you. God's got a blessing for you. God's got a breakthrough for you. So they're intended to make us think. They're intended us to drive us to the Word, to depend less on the world, and to drive us to our knees in prayer. God sometimes, many times, is just saying, I just need you to get on your knees and believe in me. I need you to be in a place where you say, 
you're all I need. You're all I need. You're all I want. You're all I desire. I mean, no, that's a place that God wants you to be. So how we look at trials, how we look at temptations, how we look at these things is so big because our attitude has so much to do. So now the verse that I had at the end that I had to spoil you with earlier, I'm going to read it again. Jesus himself said, as I remind you, he said, take up your cross. Things are going to be hard. They're not going to be easy. People are going to hate you. Trials and tribulations are going to come. Many are the afflictions in Psalms, it says. And he says, I've spoken all these things to you. I, I told you they were going to happen. None of the things happening today are a surprise to Jesus. It shouldn't be a surprise to us. People hate me because I'm a Christian. Jesus said they would. But he says, that in me, you may have peace. If you have peace tonight outside of Jesus, you're in the wrong place. He wants you to find peace in him. And then he says, again, in the world, you will have tribulation. But this is not the tribulation that's coming from Revelation. This is not the future seven years of tribulation that's coming to judge the world. This is life problems. You will have life problems. You will have lack. You will have situations. You will have sickness. He says in Matthew 5 or 7, I forgot which one, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Okay? But then he says at the end, and these are the words we need to remember, but be of good cheer. Be happy. Be joyful. I have overcome all those things. Amen? How many believe that tonight? How many believe Jesus has overcome all of it? If you don't believe that, just, just then you're just doing the wrong thing. Just go try something else. But you don't need to try something else. Jesus is all you need. Amen? Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, speak to us tonight. It's all part of the cross. We could get to that place where we're facing a situation, facing a trial, facing a struggle, feeling sick, going through problems, and we can just tell each other, tell the person around us, tell the person in our family, tell ourselves it's part of the cross. Jesus said it would be like this. Jesus never said it would be easy. Jesus said we would have problems. Jesus said we would be hated. Jesus said things, things would happen like this. But God, you have already defeated all those things. Your word says that you disarmed all the powers of principalities and darkness. They're under your feet. Do we believe tonight, Lord, that your word says if we take up any deadly thing, it won't hurt us? Do we believe tonight what Luke 10 says that we can trample? on serpents and scorpions. We can take authority over those things that come into our lives that try to keep us and hinder us from being totally dependent on Jesus and totally surrendered to God. Tonight, there's problems all the time, all the time. Understand, you're always going to have problems. You're always going to have struggles. It's part of life. It's part of the cross. How do you handle it is the question. Is it revealing who you truly are? Is it revealing if you're fake? Or is it revealing that you're a man or woman of faith? I, know, I believe tonight all of you want to be men and women of faith. 
They want to be able to say, I, though, as Job said, though he slay me, I'll trust him. My life is in the hands of Jesus. Tonight as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed in the Holy Spirit of the living God, the real God, the God who created the universe is speaking to you right now. He's talking to your spirit. He's calling you to surrender to Him. He's calling you to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Him. Or maybe tonight as you're listening and heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're like the rich young man that came and said, Jesus, what do I need to do to be saved? And he said, the Ten Commandments. And he said, I do all those. What do I lack? And Jesus said, you lack one thing. Go sell everything you have and come back. And then you can follow me. And that thing for you might be money. That thing for you might be friends. That thing for you might be an idol in your life, whatever it is. It's not just money. That, that For him, it was money. What is it that's keeping you from following Jesus? Maybe it's your past. Maybe you feel like you've messed up too much. And you're listening to the lie of the devil that says you've failed. You've, you've sinned too many times. You've made too many mistakes. Don't listen to the devil. He's the father of all lies. He's a, he's a liar. He's an accuser of the brethren. Listen to Jesus, who says, I forgive you. I love you. I died on the cross for you. I paid the price for you. Just surrender to me. If you've messed up tonight, if you've made mistakes, if you failed, get up and start walking again. If you've gone 50 steps away from Jesus, it's just one step back to his open arms tonight. That psalm says, if I cry out to the Lord, he hears me in my despair. How many all over this place tonight, right now in this place, could say, I have never surrendered to Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. Tonight, I want to do that right now. Would you just lift up your hand and let me pray with you and put it right back down all over this place. I see your hand. How many more? I see your hand. How many more? I see your hand. How many more? Tonight's my night. I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering. I'm going to give Jesus my life. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to make a new decision to stop trying to, to do what the world wants me to do. This world's never done anything for me. But Jesus gave it all. Jesus paid it all. Jesus took his, his, his deity of being God and went to the cross and died a horrible death. All he wants you to do is believe. How many more tonight? God's calling you right now. He's drawing you right now. He's touching your heart. He, the Bible says in Revelations, he's knocking on the door of your heart. He, he won't force his way in. You have to open it. you got to open the door. I'm not asking you to become a member of our church. I'm not asking you to, to be part of a denomination. I'm asking you, what will you say when you stand before God one day and he requires of you an answer for what you did with your life and your life is full of sin because all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. You won't be able to say anything. That's what the gospel is. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could be the righteousness of God. Tonight is your name in the book of life. The only way it gets there is by you saying, Jesus, I believe, as that man did on the cross. 
Today you'll be with me in paradise. How many more? I'm waiting just a few moments. You're here and you've never, you've never made Jesus your Lord. Just put your hand up and put it down. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Let's stand all over this place. Please stay in this attitude of worship, this attitude of reverence, this attitude of prayer. Church, pray with me right now for these souls. These are souls hanging in the balance. The devil does not want people to change tonight. The devil does not want people to be delivered tonight or believe tonight. He's fighting right now. He's a liar. We bind those spirits right now. In Jesus' name. If you raised your hand, if you go back, if you remember that verse I read earlier, he said, if you'll be, if you'll be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. But if you'll confess me, I'll confess you. If you, tonight, if you meant raising your hand, you meant that you want to surrender, you're not surrendering to me, you're not surrendering to Victory World Outreach, you're surrendering to Jesus. And you're saying, Lord, I want to change my life tonight. And I want to be a new creation. I want to be a new person. I want to be forgiven. And I want to have eternal life. If you raised your hand and you meant it, find that nearest aisle real quick, if you would, and just find that, uh, ch- just get through those chairs and come down here. Quickly, please. If you meant it, you raised your hand and you meant it, just come. Oh, Holy Spirit, draw them tonight, please. Don't let anybody stay behind. Don't let anybody stay back, God. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're the one that draws. You're the one that pulls. You're the one that calls, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Right now, pray with me, Lord Jesus. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I fall short of all of your glory. I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Tonight, I accept what you did on that cross. And I believe you you removed all my sins, past, present, and those that I will confess in the future. Jesus, I believe you came out of the grave to defeat death. And I believe you ascended into heaven where you came from as God. And tonight you're praying for me, interceding for me. And I accept everything you've done for me. I depend on you and I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.